Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you renew your confidence in your ability to make healthy relationships. I'll also be interviewing author Randy Rush, who reviews his memoir, 13 Billion to One. Randy was a winner of a $50 million lottery. Unfortunately, he was a victim of a con. He is on a mission to fight back against white-collar crime, as well as other social injustices. He founded Rantana Media, a positive messaging publishing and media company, to give victims a voice and raise widespread awareness about the devastating impact of these crimes and other social injustices facing our world. For more information about Randy, please visit randyrushspeaks.com. You may also purchase his book in your favorite digital bookstore or in the previous guests' products in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Maintaining healthy relationships. We've all interacted with some people that we just don't understand why the relationship didn't work, whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, or a business relationship. In previous episodes, I've talked about the four categories of people, and I'll review those real quickly. Every person you meet will fall into these four categories. In social psychology, we teach that out of 100 people, 25 of them will be in the bottom category. The bottom category is they will never like you, doesn't matter what you say or do, you just won't be able to win them over. The next 25 group of people, in other words, the third group, are individuals who don't like you, but can be talked into liking you. So even if they do start to like you, it doesn't mean that relationship will last as it's still tenuous and something could happen where they just don't like you anymore. The second category is another 25 group of people who do like you, but could be talked out of liking you. That's kind of like that frenemy type of person. You're hot and cold in your relationship. You may get along for a while, but someone does something or someone says something, and unfortunately, that fallout causes a rift between the two of you. And so they're not 100% for you. And then the top category, this first category, is the last 25 group of people. And this top 25 people will like you. They will support you. Regardless of what happens, they are going to be in your corner. So when you look at your relationships, you always want to make sure that your emotional output or your energy output is in that top 25 people. The way you'll be able to recognize where these people fall in your life is you always want them to start in that very first category, meaning we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And as you get to know them, their behaviors will dictate where they are in those four groups. Now, the difficult part is if we continually have the same emotional or energy output for all four categories, unfortunately, 75% of our energy is not going to be returned. And that causes us to always feel like we have to do certain things or prove ourselves to 75% of those people. And unfortunately, that gets pretty old. 
And when you continually do that, you're not really cultivating the friendships for the first 25 people or 25% of people that are in your life. So the devastating part is that over time, the people whom we thought were in our top category, unfortunately, are not and could be in that second category. That's where we often second guess ourselves or think, how in the world did this happen? Unfortunately, that's just life and it can be very painful. But when that does happen, we do second guess ourselves. And often we say, I was so stupid for loving this person, or this person made a fool of me, or I shared my emotions with this person, or I shared this or that with this person, and now look at me. And we often blame ourselves for that. But the reframe of that is if you look at your life, you were able to maintain your personal integrity. You showed up, if you will, as someone who is loving, as someone who is kind, as someone who is trusting. And in doing that, you truly showed your personality. So you maintained your personal integrity in that top category. So it's always important to remember that regardless of what somebody else does to us, how we showed up in that relationship really determines our personal integrity. If we lied to them or we were cheated on them or we made fun of them or whatever it may be, unfortunately, that is something that we can review and perhaps not be proud of. But when you truly look at your interaction with someone, you will then be able to say, I can walk away from this relationship with a clean slate, knowing that I was true to myself and true to my personality and true to that relationship, whether it be a friendship, a business relationship, a romantic relationship, or what have you. So remember, everybody you meet is going to be one of those four categories. We always want to place people in the top category and then let their behaviors, regardless of how long it takes, dictate which category they put themselves in. So it is important for you to realize that it's okay that you don't get along with everybody. Not everybody has to like you and you don't have to like everybody. The difference though, and this is very important, is we are always kind, we are always cordial, and we are always classy. So anytime you do interact with these people, you're always true to your personal integrity and you show up in a way that you're proud of. I have a fantastic interview today with Randy Rush. He was a victim of a con artist. This person pretended to be something they were not. And unfortunately with that, he initially lost over $5 million. Hear his story, how he was able to recoup that, and how he is now an advocate for helping victims of white-collared crimes. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you'll love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Randy Rush, who is here today to discuss his memoir, 13 Billion to One. Randy is on a mission to fight back against white-collar crime, something he experienced as well as other social injustices. He founded Rantana Media, a positive messaging publishing and media company to give victims a voice and raise widespread awareness about the devastating impact of these crimes and other social injustices facing our world. Welcome to my show, Randy. Oh, well, thank you very much, sir. That's an 
absolute delight to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we've received reading your uh, your intro here. It makes me think of the TV show White Collar. I don't know if anybody ever saw that. It's on the USA <laughs> yeah, Network. Yeah, which is really that, cool. Actually. It was six seasons, bam, and they dropped it. I know. That was a fantastic show. I, I really, yeah. really like that. And now, unfortunately, yeah, I, I mean, you see the, 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 I guess, the FBI go through and deal with all that, but we don't really see the struggle that the victims or the people who were the victim of the white collar crime, what they truly experienced. Yeah. So we're going to definitely delve into that, talk about your book, talk about your social messaging platform and how you are really helping people find their voice and, and becoming, um, overcoming whatever it is that they experienced. Now you had a fantastic opportunity. You, you won the lottery, you won all this money. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about that. And then we'll transition into your book. Um, yes. Uh, uh, very high level. Um, uh, it's the only way to really describe it was, you know, those early space shuttle launches in the eighties, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, um, you actually could die of a heart attack. The endo- the endorphins are so, so intense. Um, uh, I actually did develop a sleeping order, uh, disorder for about two years after I, it was very difficult to sleep for about two years. So this is after you won the $50 million you developed yes. all that? Yeah, yes. I, well, I can see that because yeah. to go from one, yeah. whatever level you were in life, all of a sudden experience mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's so life changing. I mean, just to say life changing, I obviously haven't experienced that, but I can only imagine how it would literally change the brain chemistry of your body, how it would neurologically oh affect it, and it would cause this continual, like you said, endorphin rush that probably never ended mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm back to normal now. Everything's cool, and uh, you know, I'm I'm back to my six and a half hours a night, and perfect. You know, um, but yeah, that it was. Uh, it was a very difficult adjustment for sure. Now, when you, because when people experience that, of course, I know so many, well, I don't know. I've read about so many people who've won, um, who've won the lottery or gained all this money. And then it's gone within like the next year. Mm-hmm. You made a choice mm-hmm. to be incredibly mindful about big purchases, et cetera, to be able to maintain the, the income. Um, with that mm-hmm. in mind, you had an experience where someone from your church wanted you to invest in something. Tell us more about that. Oh, that's, um, that was, uh, a son of my, um, a very close friend at the time. And, you know, I, I, I met Jeremy a, a couple times, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a few times beforehand. And, you know, uh, Dave and Shirley were just like, gosh, this is the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. You know, they're, they're your, um, grandparents, neighbors in Montana somewhere, mm-hmm. right. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, and, um, so uh, I was in a hotel um, on the West Coast here, a very, very private, secure hotel, and just trying to figure out, you know, what, what to do next. And I said, "Well, I'm just going to take a year off and, and not do anything. I'm just going to just figure this out." And you know, and then um, I got a phone call from Jeremy asking to uh, show me an idea that he he's been working on for three, four years. And I said, "No, I'm not looking at anything right now." And and he's very persuasive, and he, he came down, showed it to me, and uh, I started vetting the process. And it was about a four-month, three-month process before I actually in, invested. So, um, uh, it, you know, it, it's a very um, convoluted story. It's in the bo- I wrote a book about it called Bloodsuckers. Mm, okay. um, that's the more detailed uh, version of my, um, uh, Jeremy Crawford's life and Amy. Um, but my, my um, story is in 13 billion to one. And, uh, you know, we touch on it a little bit, but we don't dwell on it. Of course. You know, um, yes. Yeah. 
So what you found though, just, and I'll just recap it real fast, is you found that over a period of time that there was about, you pretty much lost nearly five, $5 million from that. And from that, you- um, No, I, um, I recaptured about 65, 70 cents on the dollar. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I'm about 1.2, 1.3 out still. So okay. um, uh, I was fortunate because it was, I, I went in on an asset-based investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had some cash to run the company and it was the cash that went missing. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So he embezzled about uh, 1.5 million out of the company in four months. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And yeah. So that, um, and I'm glad I, I, you know, I had a, I had some business savvy before, you know, I, I won my money. And, um, so I, I was managing a, a portfolio of about $30 million for a, you know, an international equipment company. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I had a, uh, had an acumen of, um, business sense. And, Good. um, so I, I said, you know, I don't know anything about the tech world. Um, so let's, let's, you know, I bought some assets that were involved with it that were supposed to be mine. And uh, he changed the signatures on on the, you know the mortgage documents, so we we proved that in court. And uh, there was about fourteen counts of fraud. Uh, there was insurance fraud, mortgage fraud. Uh, it, it just went on and on. So you know, civilly, I sued him and and got about sixty five seventy cents on the dollar back. Mm-hmm. Um, the cash was gone. Um, but, uh, you know, he he came back to Canada, so there was no criminal charges laid. Um, you know, in this in in the U.S. and we we just can't figure out why because you you read so many stories where someone you know gets two or three years for fifty thousand here, a hundred thousand here, but um, this is not Jeremy and Amy's first dance at the rodeo. Uh, they've been doing this for twenty years, oh and in the book in the book Bloodsuckers, we, we we've documented their life. Um, uh, and Bloodsuckers is only what we could prove in court. Hmm. Um, there, there's uh, so many more stories on the floor. I'm know, sure there is. Out. You know, to trust people, you know, the parents of them, and then to, to, to trust, mm. to do your own vetting process, to be mindful, you know, with your own business acumen. acumen. Yeah. You, you have all this information, and then all of a sudden, things change. How did you, mm. how did you personally deal with that? Um, there was stages. There was stages... Uh, um, I went through, um, first there was, um, I, I would say the acceptance stage or the realization that I'd just been defrauded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then you realize that it was, um, it's like, a uh, layers of an onion peeling back. Right. And then, you know, there's a lot of anger. Yeah, of course. <laughs> there's embarrassment. There's embarrassment. Mm, interesting. Um, you, you feel foolish. And then, you, you know, I've done all this vetting, I've done everything. And how could this be? And, and what you know, the company was real. The technology was real. Um, at the center of uh, at, at the center of it all was one two bad apples. Yeah. Um, and it was the CFO Ross Richardson and uh, and Jeremy Crawford. And you know, Ross was a pastor in um, in a very large church. or still is a pastor in a very, very large church in Arizona. And uh, why wouldn't you trust the guy? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, and he, again, the nicest guy I'd ever want to meet, but sure. he. He was signing the checks and letting the money out the door. Yeah. You know, I know you don't know this about me, but my background had a, a, huge, a huge psychotherapy practice, but I also did a lot of forensics. And so I would determine if people were competent to stand trial. I would do a sanity evaluations, risk assessments, et cetera. Mm. And so it's interesting because when you meet someone who has this propensity for fraud or for um, 
to be able to con someone, the presentation is so charismatic. It's so gregarious. It's so engaging. And unfortunately, it can prey on individuals who who are like-minded, meaning like-minded as far as presentation. So you're obviously a very charismatic. You're very gregarious. You're, you sound like you're a really, really nice guy. And so when people mimic that, why would you not trust somebody? Because your own interpretation of what your moral code would be, and if someone presents a certain way, they, they tick off all these check marks that would just sound like they're a healthy person. Of course, you do your due diligence, but unfortunately, there is this criminal aspect of this duplicity, or in other words, this two-sided or two-faced type of person that can prey on people like you, people like me, and it has nothing to do with us. It just happens to do with that, unfortunately, is their 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 superpower, if you will. <laughs> and it's so very it's, interesting. Yeah. So it's it is something, especially when I would do a lot of forensics and be a subject matter expert in court, you will see that even how they present in court or when they're on trial, they seem like the nicest, kindest people. Oh, but it's so, so right. It's so surprising when I would do the evaluations because all this would come up. And at times I was like, whoa, this is really, I don't want to say frightening, but very disconcerting, where I'm like, wow, you you just murder someone, but here you are, would seem like you're my best friend. <laughs> and it yeah. can be really scary. So I, I, the only reason why I'm saying all this, I really want to normalize that from a standpoint of an interpersonal way of reading people, et cetera, everybody would be fooled by how people present. And then unfortunately on the end of it, the backside of it is when you will see all the things that roll out as far as all the criminal activity that someone like that did to you. That's a very interesting take. And you know, because um, we all we we looked at the whole portfolio of Jeremy's career, so to speak, and and we noticed a, a few common things. One, um, you know, no disrespect to anyone who's on social assistance, but of course, you know, he wasn't ripping off the welfare crowd, you know, mm-hmm. and and he it was uh, doctors, um, uh, lawyers. Uh, he stiffed his own lawyers for 150k USD, and they're suing wow. him now, wow, apparently. Sure. And uh, but you know. Uh, how do you do that? He's that good. Right? And that's a thing. Yeah, that's a difficulty when we use our own moral code to try and understand something that is criminal because we would never do that. And so that's the difficulty with many people is we use our own moral mm-hmm. code or moral compass to try and understand from a logical, healthy perspective. And it will never ever make sense because that is not their moral code. So you have two entry points of morality versus immorality. And when you try and merge those two, it will never make sense. So even when we try and rationalize it or we try and say, well, how could they do this? Or I would never do this. The reality is you would never do it. So it will never ever make sense to you. I wanted to transition into 13 billion to one. So this is your memoir. Sure. What is this mm-hmm. particular book about? Uh, this book is about my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had a very, um, very unique life, so to speak. Um, the pendulum has swung to two extremes. Uh-huh. Sounds like um, <laughs> and, 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 and ups and downs. Um, you know, when I was 26, I was almost homeless. <laughs> you know, so wow. uh, um, and I've always been a very hardworking guy. Um, I, I've never been, you know, a, a lazy man. Um, I got the paychecks to prove it still, you know, the hours in. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, so it, it talked about uh, a lot of um, uh, things that happened in my life. And, and you know, the whole the whole um, sort of aim of the book was was to really give the readers hope at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of where you are in life and, and uh, how low or how high you are, um, whether you got five cents in the bank or $50 million in the bank, you know, you still have the same first world problems, don't you? Yeah. And, and you know, you still um, have the same issues. And, um, 
you know, I, I just really, you know, I've, I've lived a life of extreme lows and extreme highs and um, had, um, you know, very successful um, uh, sales career. And, you know, when, and I was in the graphics industry for 15 years. Um, so, you know, I got a, a really wide uh, uh, range of experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, um, I'm an avid traveler. I'm a car collector. Um, oh, I have humanitarian <laughs> projects in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Well, not quite at Jay's lab, you know. You know, I look at Jay and say I'm not worthy kind of thing. You know? <laughs> I know. I don't think he has so many amazing yeah, vehicles. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and the great thing about Jay, he's just a real guy. Yeah, he really is. Everyone, right? You know, yeah. so. But, um, so, yeah, I, I got a, a really wide uh, verse of uh, experiences. And, um, you know, I really wanted to communicate that to, uh, to the readers. Um, you know, I've almost died in two house fires. Oh um, my gosh. And, uh, um, well, one was a hotel fire and then the other one was a, um, a house fire. And, you know, I left the keys in the, in the lock, you know, stuff, you know, and that, and, and my neighbor let me in and saved my life. Mm. Um, stuff like that. And that's yeah. documented. That's not made up, you know? So it's interesting how those types of yeah. quote, random things, you know, everything mm-hmm. is linked together in my p- opinion about, uh, you know, so much synergy and uh, there's so been so many things that have happened in my life that were like, what? And cause it didn't make sense if you were to, if you were to compartmentalize it, but when it all links together, you're like, ah, I see now what happened. And that doesn't happen until you're about 50. <laughs> perspective. So, yeah. Perspective is so important. It's true. It is. It is. And then you have a 30 year old perspective, 40 year old mm-hmm. perspective, but you know, I, I just turned 54. Okay, and, um, when I turned 50, uh, that, uh, you know, I, I stopped the train and, kind of look back over the track of my life. Mm-hmm. And when we started producing the book, uh, the book was hugely therapeutic. Oh, I'm so you know, glad. And, yeah. And, yeah, it was, especially after the Crawford experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about the platform that you've created. So not only did you experience these white collar crime, and once again, it's not like the, the great TV show, <laughs> but you mm-hmm. experienced this, and now you've created a platform for other people who have experienced similar or had a similar experiences. Tell us more about that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, that that um, that platform is is still developing, but you know, through my process with uh, the Crawfords, mm-hmm. I realized that there's just so many cracks in the legal system, yeah. and 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 you know, it, it it you know, the world has been moving along at such a tremendously fast pace. Our legal system has not caught up with it, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of criminals have found a lot of loopholes. Um, you know, and one example is I can steal your car and go to jail, you know, and rightfully so, but I can sell you class B shares in a company that is not existent. And the only thing you can do is civilly sue me is spend twice that to get that money back. And there's no criminal charges against that? Yeah, there it's, it's civil. Really? It's so what, just so let me explain the difference between that. So there's a criminal, there's a criminal case and a civil case. Criminal case is when somebody yeah. does something wrong and the, and then the police arrest that person. And then if they, if they've created a crime, then the, the county, state, or federal, depending on where it is, then will sue them. So that's when you have the prosecuting attorney or the attorney general. But a civil suit is when you can go against someone who has done something specifically to you. So there are two avenues for individuals. Um, who, in other words, two avenues for individuals who've committed a crime. If they have a criminal case, that's where the government of whatever entity will sue you. But the criminal case is the person who's been the victim of that, or excuse me, a civil case is the person who's been a victim of that that can sue you for the experience or what they've lost as well. So there are two avenues there just to give my listeners a difference of what that actually means. 
And that's that's very very well put, uh, very eloquently put, by the way. And um, but uh, and that's the difference. So um, you know, uh, and and the difference between our legal system in Canada and and the American legal system, well, depending on the state too, um, is is very um, very different. And to get the, those those two agencies to talk to each other um, is very difficult. Um, Jeremy and Amy have now gone international. Um, we, we handed a, um, a fraud case, uh, to many, many agencies that involved five countries. Uh, and I'm surprised South Interpol Korea. is not part of that. That's so interesting. Well, we're trying to get that into Interpol. Um, the deal was, uh, for these N95 masks, the deal was supposed to go to Boris Johnson himself to be signed personally. Mm, wow. And uh, we exposed it one day before it was to be handed in, into his hands, apparently. Wow. So, um, you know, it's very sensational stories with this guy. Uh, he doesn't stop. Um, wow, that's and, crazy. And trying to get stop, movement yeah. on that. It, mm-hmm. it's, 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 so, I, you know, after that one, I said, you know, I've done my bit. And I moved on. Mm-hmm. And uh, mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's other agencies looking at him right now, so. You know, I've, I've, I've given them enough intel and, you know, we found other, uh, you know, through that whole process, we, we've had other similar experiences too, where, uh, people are sending us files, you know, and, and, and white collar crime just isn't in the boardroom or the the office boardroom. It's, it's, it, it reaches the clerical levels Mm -hmm. too, whether you're you're Islamic cleric or a rabbi or a pastor or Mm -hmm. priest, uh, there's, there's, you know, t- that's a type of white collar crime too. And, 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 uh, to me, anything that's, uh, anyone's in a, a position of trust or authority, you know, um, it, there's, there's that high, uh, level of trust or goodwill. Mm-hmm. And when that's, uh, uh, when that abuse of trust is, 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 uh, compromised, then it's, it's very devastating emotionally and mentally to people. And, and I really wanted to focus on the emotional aspect of uh, the healing of white collar crime, just not the financial end of it. Yes. But and you're the right, actual they're, they're... emotional, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and a holistic approach to it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is because, yes, you might be able to recoup some of this. And, and as we know, materialistic things are very important and that's very much a part of our life. But there is going to be some emotional trauma that we experience because it involves a level of trust. And when we trust people and then those people break our trust, it then causes us to really second guess ourselves. Like, how did I not see this? You know, am I not able to really read someone correctly or how did I not see this? And so it really causes people to really second guess themselves in a very prime, not primal, in a very foundational level or to their core of really second guessing their decisions and their ability to make healthy, viable decisions as well. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I can't believe and believe this. Randy, we just got started. You have such an amazing story. We didn't get a chance to talk Thank as you. much about 13 billion to one and also this amazing website that you have that really helps people um, create their own platform of how to find their recompense or in other words, how to get their uh, resolution in their own white collar crimes. Unfortunately, because our time is up, why don't you give us the information where people may purchase your book as well as all the other information where they may seek more information about you? Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, rantanamedia.com um, is is uh, the website, um, and uh, there's also a, a lot of other links there. Uh, the book's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Indigo, and um, it's uh, it's available in a number of countries around the world: in Britain, Europe, uh, the United States, Canada. I believe where it's available in Asia too. Oh wow! And um, the reviews are are absolutely stellar. So it's a great read. Um, it's a, it's a roller coaster and, um, you know, and, uh, uh, 
buy my book and, and, and get some hope out of it. You know, yes. it's, that's, that's what I really, really want to drive home, you know, and, uh, and, uh, that's the message of love and hope and peace. Right. You know, definitely. And that's one thing I really want my listeners to know as well. We only, like I said, we only touched a little bit on that, but when I was mm-hmm. really looking through the book, I came away with a message of hope that regardless of what life throws at you, regardless of what the experiences are, there's always an opportunity to grow from it and to take what was a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone to create the platform for your life and to be able to exponentially grow. So Randy Rush, Randall Rush, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I truly appreciate all your time. Absolute delight, James. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.